Hi, you're very welcome to the Surfing the Sixes and Sevens podcast. So this is Steps to Work, this is Series 2, and we're looking at um, supporting people um, who are searching for work. I work for Development Plus, and we're really proud to be associated with our partners and funders in this project at such a challenging time for people locally. We operate in the Lincoln area, and we'd value any further inquiries if you feel that we're in a position to be able to help you in your search for work. Thanks very much. And don't forget to uh, rate us, review us or subscribe to the podcast to be kept up to date with new editions that are coming out all the time. Thanks very much and enjoy the episode. Hello, my friends, and hope you're all keeping okay and managing to surf the sixes and sevens. When I was out on my bike on Sunday in the blustery wind, I was thinking about numerous times over the summer when I talked myself out of a ride because I'd either told myself that the weather might not have been quite right, it was too wet, too cold, too windy, my brain doing what brains do, warning me against possible dangers, as brains have done throughout our history as a species. However effective keeping us alive and on our toes for a snake strike or a bear crossing our path suddenly in the woods or a rhino charge, it still switches to full emergency, given that it's only a blink of an evolutionary eye since we were facing predation as a potential prey animal on the savannah to the present where we're watching a film on our smartphones. Now, a news report showing conflict 6,000 miles away can trigger similar reactions in us as if we were actually present. Similarly, we can find ourselves believing and welded to thoughts that are not actually accurately reflecting the reality of the situation we find ourselves in and the extent of the danger we may face at any particular point. This is normal, but it can leave us with problems if we think that we can only be motivated to do something effectively when we feel like doing it, or in the absence of thoughts or feelings telling us that it's dangerous, risky or useless to proceed. The first thing we can do is learn to put some space between ourselves and our thoughts. We can do this in a variety of ways, but we can do it by noticing that we're thinking. We're just thinking. Our mind is telling us a story. For example, I'm thinking, nobody will want to employ me now, I'm in my 50s. Or I'm noticing that I'm thinking, no one will want to employ me in my 50s. Once we do this, we have created some space to realise that our thoughts are not us. That there is a part of us behind our thoughts that can observe our thoughts and assess whether any particular thought is actually helpful. If instead of being motivated by how we are thinking or how we might feel, perhaps then we can be guided by something much more effective. For example, our values. Our values are how we want to show up in the world at a particular time in respect of the way we relate to ourselves, our families, our communities, or perhaps our environment. 
What is important? If I was invisible in a room and my mates were talking about me as a person, what kind of things would I want them to be saying about me? These might be a good indication of the things that I value. Once we isolate these for ourselves, we can then choose to make a step in that direction. We can set our compass and know that any step towards that direction is values led. We might want to experiment and hold our values lightly. We might want to be flexible with our values at different points in our life and adjust them, for example, as we make choices at school, start work or college or uni, when we leave home, when we meet a partner, if we become a parent, perhaps as our children leave home, if we become ill, if our parents need support, perhaps when we're deciding to retire ourselves, and as we face our own advanced years and our mortality. We know that life is a roller coaster, and I guess that a rich experience of all of life's seasons, opportunities, challenges, and relationships is likely to lead to a more effective and fulfilled life than one in which we are continually striving merely to be happy. Each human emotion is there to be felt and has its purpose. We may want to feel sad when we lose a friend or a family member. We may want to be anxious if we find something on our body that needs medical investigation urgently. We may want to feel angry if we're being treated cruelly or unjustly. Increasingly, we know that it is when we try and push these emotions and thoughts away that we end up actually in deeper trouble. It's good to drop the rope, to stop struggling, to accept the thoughts and feelings while still acting and doing things, taking steps in line with our values. We've all faced considerable challenges over the course of 2020. Unfortunately, many people have become ill and sadly, many have also died. And our hearts go out to them, their families and their friends. Those in work have faced lots of challenges too. The furlough scheme has definitely helped, but it is now coming to an end with the associated uncertainty and redundancies that have already occurred and will surely come. It's natural to be bombarded by challenging thoughts and feelings. There's no jobs out there. Nobody will want me. How am I going to pay my mortgage, my rent, my bills? I'm on the scrap heap. I'm useless. I wish none of this was happening. I just want to curl up in a corner till it's all sorted. These are thoughts. We can notice them as thoughts. And yet we can still act effectively by stepping in the direction of our values. They won't go away. The thoughts won't go away. But we can acknowledge them and go forward. We don't have to like them. But perhaps we can learn to accept them as part of life's rich journey and experience.
And that's what we're here to help you with at Steps to Work. Now, I'm from an Irish family and um, I want to tell you an Irish story. It's about Finn McCall, a very famous Irish warrior. And he was with his warrior band one evening, gathered around the campfire, when he turned to them and said, Tell me, what's the most beautiful music in all the world? Cloda, one of his warrior queens, said, Great Lord, it's undoubted that the song of the cuckoo each spring surely must be the most beautiful music in the world. And Fimacool said, Indeed, it is brilliant music, beautiful music. It pierces the heart with the sound of spring. And then he turned to Dara. And Dara was the warrior's cook. And Daria said, Lord, the sound of the spoon stirring a pot of stew under the stars on an autumn evening is the most beautiful music in the world. And Finn McCall said, of course it is, Dara. It is indeed beautiful. So Finn McCall then turned to Maeve, the band's horsemaster, and said, Maeve, what's the most beautiful music in the whole world? And Maeve said, it's undoubtedly the sound of the spear ringing into my shield in the heat of battle. Finn thanked her and turned to Porrick. Porrick, what's the most beautiful music in the world? Porrick said, it's the sound of the mighty Shannon River in full spate after the winter rains. Finally, Finn McCall, after acknowledging Porrig, turned to Siobhan, the healer, the wise woman in the group. And she said, Lord, the most beautiful music in the whole of the world has to be the sound of the nightingale singing its territory on a long spring evening. Tell us, Lord, the final word. What is the most beautiful music in all the world? Finn McCall turned to his band of trusted associates, followers, the leaders of his warrior band, and said to them, Indeed, you are very wise. And the sounds that the music that you tell me of is indeed beautiful. But I'm clear in my own mind that the most beautiful music in the world is the music of everything that happens. Now, we, we might want to take issue with Finn McCall because stuff is happening all the time. The good, the bad, the ugly, the tragic, the fabulous, the life-enhancing, the cruel, the unjust, the justified totally unjustified, the lucky, the unlucky, it's all unfolding around us. However, one thing that can never be taken away from us is our freedom to respond in the way that we choose to respond to whatever adversity, challenge or opportunity life lays at our door at any particular point along the way. 
And we can choose from the whole palette of emotions and thoughts available to us, the cast of thoughts that parade on the stage of our mind, the palette of emotions. We can let them be, and we can act in according with our values. Here at Steps to Work, I want to support you as you set your compass and step in the direction of finding work again by acknowledging and accepting your thoughts and feelings while still moving towards what is important for you. The support is free if you're eligible to live and work in the UK and are currently unemployed. We're extremely grateful to our funders at the Greater Lincolnshire LEP, Her Majesty's Government's Education and Skills Funding Agency and the European Social Fund, as well as our colleagues Jane and Eleanor at BGU and their team who keep us on the straight and narrow and oversee this project. I'm always happy to chat to anybody that might be interested. Give me a shout on 07534 444 601. In the meantime, I hope you have a fulfilling week on the great roller coaster out there with its twists and its turns, its ups and downs. And I look forward to catching you again a little further down the track. I just want to leave you with a thought that I think is attributed to Vivian Green. And it's that old quote about life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. But it's about learning to dance in the rain. So bye for now and see you further down the track. Thanks for listening.